Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Horse Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. And we are so very excited about this episode. First of all, we are back in the studio where we used to record with a very special guest. And we are able to do so because vaccinations are a good thing. Thank, Thank you, science. Second, we have a return guest today and fellow Chicago Southsider who we just met in real life, for the first time, right now, today's guest is no stranger to Horror Talk Horror. She's been our guest on this show twice, once to talk about her podcast, Comedians with Ghost Stories, which Mindy and I love and we've also been guests on, and then again to play horror movie trivia with us. And speaking of trivia, she is here today to talk about her new trivia book titled One Day Smarter that is available for pre-order right now. Ladies and gents, please welcome back writer, comedian, and author. Give it up for Emily Winter. Thank you. Oh my gosh, what a nice introduction. Normally people are like... I don't know. She came in the door at the right time. Just throw her on the podcast. I uh, very much appreciate it. I love that I was like, I haven't met you guys, and you're also Southside Chicago gals. And I walk in, and there's just deep dish pizza waiting. And it's the best, <laughs> the best hello, welcome back to town anyone could ever ask for. Yay! Thank you for driving up to our neck of no the woods problem. today. I texted my dad. Um, they're getting, because he was like, do you want to like have dinner? And I was like, Oh no, they're getting Lou Malnati's and it autocorrected to Lou Malnourished. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous, like, opposite autocorrect you could ever have. Like, no, no, no. You have one slice of uh, Lou Malnati's and you're overnourished. You're overnourished. Yeah. Right. Seriously, we'll pack you a doggy bag too if you want to <laughs> take some home to your dad. <laughs> well, clearly, we're excited to have you. So thank you for being here. Yes, uh, you're the first guest we've had. In person, in like 15 months or oh more. What I don't know how long it's been. So cheers to uh, human interaction. You can hear the clank. It's amazing. And Emily's also drinking her first splooge. <laughs> what is it really called? It's called smooge. Smooge. It yeah, is like a smoothie. Smoothie. Mm. It's an alcoholic pina colada smoothie that tastes just like, like a health smoothie. It's... it's Really wild. It goes down so good. Yeah. Have them for breakfast. (laughs) Have them after your run. Um, All right. Well, anyways, thank you, Emily. And if you are a regular Horse Talk Horror listener, you've probably heard the name Emily Winter before. But if you did not listen to our previous interview with her, Emily, please introduce yourself again. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. I mean, you guys nailed it. That is everything. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So, I'm a stand-up comedian who has not stood up to to do comedy (laughs) in a very long time Uh, because of the pandemic. I've done it, you know, four times or something in the last six months, so that's weird. Um, But I'm a comedy writer, and I write for a Nickelodeon show, uh, so I will be dropping a lot of F-bombs here. Nice. Because I can, you know? You can't use words. You can't say anything on well, I love it, but it's it's hard. Like like oh, I can't say allergy on Nickelodeon. No, you cannot. You cannot say soda. You can. They cannot drink soda. They cannot say allergy. What's wrong with allergy? Uh, it's demeaning to kids with allergies. 
like I'm allergic to you or something that's bad you can't say that can you say like I'm allergic to peanuts if there really is a peanut allergy <laughs> like if that's really going to be a plot point but otherwise no wow but it does make your I'm not like it makes your brain then have to like okay what can I say and then you think up weird words that don't mean anything and that's fun so I'm not trying to put them down I'm just saying it's it's a lot so that is a lot I had no idea and I didn't either yeah that's kind of interesting. I just assumed that we couldn't say all the good ones, but no, there's some, like, all the fun ones, all the splooge ones, you know, um, but there's some regular words you could not say. Try and work splooge into an episode. <laughs> Tell them it means something like, like, when you jump into a pool and you splash someone, you, you splooge them. Uh, we could try. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> My bosses are very cool about, like you know what, let's make them say no. Like, let's give it a try. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, I like let's that. Let's make the network have to say no to it. All right, Emily, when we spoke with you last year, uh, episode number 73, if those of you uh, haven't listened, you want to go back and listen, you were putting the finishing touches on your book, One Day Smarter. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about your book, how you came up with the idea to do a trivia book? Um, so I did not come up with the idea. <laughs> I am just the, the writer. So basically, I'm I'm pumped about it. It's coming out uh, in October. And um, it is a book. It's like a book of random trivia tidbits. And I used to, well, I still do. It's unfortunately ending in September, but work for the NPR trivia show, Ask Me Another. Um, so I've been like a joke writer and a game writer for them for a while. And then um, I knew an editor at Penguin Random House who was like, hey, we, we've we noticed that all trivia books have been written by men. Like, there's not one, like, major selling trivia book that is from a major publisher that's been written by women. And so we want somebody with, like, a sense of humor who, like, does comedy but also has a trivia background to write this book. And we would prefer that to be a woman just to get a different, a fresh perspective on trivia. Um, so that, I was there and happy to do it um so yeah so that was um so then I got to sort of put my own spin on it and because I wrote it during the pandemic my own spin was let's make all of these facts um uplifting and either like neutral or uplifting and I try to frame the whole book of like you're gonna like get smarter but also like I just want you to feel good when you read this so like sad things about the world I just did not include because we all know them you know we don't know every sad thing but we know a lot and we've been bombarded with only that um but uh even so I did ask my editor if I was allowed to do a a chapter called morbid facts for know-it-all goths um because I I love horror and morbid stuff uh have a morbid sense of humor um and she said yeah I think you can spin that into a positive thing so yeah so I have a, a whole chapter of very silly facts about death and scary stuff that was actually one of my questions because I wanted to know did that chapter make it in yes. so I'm really happy well I talked to these ladies at this place called the order of the order of the new death or something and they are like their whole mission is to to figure out a way to reframe the way that Americans deal with death and to not think about it as such like a negative thing. Um, and so they gave me a lot of their favorite facts. And also just like I interviewed them as part and I was like, you know, it's only sad because we say it's sad. Suffering is inherently sad, but like does death have to be sad? So I try to look at it from that perspective. Um, Oh, yeah. You interviewed that woman on one of your episodes where she, I think it was your podcast where she talked about she's like a death coach. 
Oh, maybe. Yes. But that is a different thing from my podcast. I'm trying to think about who I talked to about being a death coach. But I thought she had some ghost stories as well. Probably that. She, oh, Mary. Mary Smith. Yes, probably. Uh, yeah, she had ghost stories, but also she's done all of this self-help. Let's prepare for like how to handle divorce and death and all of these things, like these major traumas and life and uh yeah so she was super cool um but that's not that's is that not, the organization you're talking about no, or is this the order of the new death is just this random i was just like going down this rabbit hole of like what when we when we have the venn diagram of positivity and death what comes up and i was like these ladies are awesome and i researched them and i was like okay they look seriously legit and so one of them was able to talk to me which was really cool um and i think her one of her favorite facts was um that in the Victorian era, cemeteries were a place that you could just hang out. Like it was, they were like overrun by people that just like had picnics in cemeteries and stuff. And it was seen as like a nice thing to do to just go spend the afternoon there. Like that's where you wanted to be in your free time. Really cool. I mean, Victorians didn't really, they weren't the height of fun, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I still think it was, it's a cool different way to think about cemeteries. <laughs> That is. So, okay, so in terms of the amount of trivia in the book, like, did you have a max number of trivia that you, like, kind of, like, trivia items, I should say, that you started out with? Or did that sort of evolve organically as you started writing? It just evolved. And I I said it, like, I read a bunch of trivia books, and I realized, like, first of all, how poorly researched a lot of things are and I totally get it like I'm not you know I don't have access to like the same academic libraries that like a PhD student who's working on this book for 10 years would but then by that point your data's out of date so so I get like dashed off stuff but I did um I included like a full bibliography because I just like don't I I I would read trivia books and be like, okay, this has over a thousand facts. I can definitely do over a thousand facts, but I'm like, this is not true. <laughs> like, I have read this in S- Smithsonian or The Atlantic. Like, this is a just like a myth. And so I was like, okay. Um, so the book is actually longer than I necessarily intended it to be because I was like, at some point, I was talking with my editor and I'm like, the internet makes every makes truth just like this big question mark. So. I want people to be able to look it up and know where I got it. So if they have a problem with it, they can go find it. Or if they think the New York Times doesn't do facts, then like that's between them and the New York Times. Like, let's cut out the middleman here. But I did try (laughs) to use sources that I think are like reputable. Uh, Yeah. And I just I built the chapters. I had ideas of what I wanted to do. And then I just started going down. Morbid Facts for Know-It-All Goths was my first idea for a chapter because... It's my favorite stuff. Um, But then after that, I just like based on what I thought was interesting, which I think is where like gender and race and age and all of that come into play, because like I don't you know, we don't all think we're all, you know, like white women, but we don't all think the same. But we would definitely probably go down a different path than, say, if there were three white men sitting at here, you know, sitting here like what you think is interesting. Um, So I also like. I don't consider myself particularly smart or curious. And I think that makes me incredibly qualified to write this book because I'm like, okay, fact, you better please me first. Like, I am the dumbest gatekeeper. Like, if you can get past me, you could you could go please the masses. But I'm not like, oh, I'm not like a person who like ever like chose to open an encyclopedia ever in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, that was a long non-answer to your wonderful question. No, I love it. <laughs> 
Do you have a favorite chapter in the book? Is it the morbid facts for Nodal Goths? Absolutely. It's morbid facts. And then, um, yeah. And then I, I do, I put a bunch of quizzes. So over the pandemic, I also just like started my own business because I needed money because all my jobs, like I was freelancing, doing a bunch of writing for NPR and everything. Everything went away. Uh, NPR like went way down and a lot of my other jobs went away until I got my TV writing job. But like I just started doing um, trivia online, like hosting trivia. And that was my main gig during the pandemic or the first round or whatever we're going to call that (laughs) chunk of it. Um, So I was doing online trivia. And so I did end up including a whole like chapter of trivia games in the end at the end of the book, because I think it's just like so then you can like play with friends and stuff. So that I am pumped about. Was there a chapter in the book that you really wanted in there, but got cut? Um, nothing major got cut. In- initially, I was thinking like, oh, I should do a a chapter of like TikTok related, like something like modern. But then you just end up sounding like an old per- like, person. Like I'm not that old. Like I'm in my 30s, but I'm like, oh, of TikToks, etc. What am I talking about? Like, what does that even mean? Like, I I, th- I think I was originally like, here's how you do this dance challenge. Like, that's not gonna. This book is supposed to last five years. Like, that's not gonna happen. If you know. I was just gonna say that's gonna date it, and then TikTok, yeah, it's not gonna be around. It's gonna be replaced by something else in right. like a few years. Five and then, minutes. Actually. Yeah, five right. minutes. Oh wait, you know what? We just got. A report, Spencer. <laughs> this just in. TikTok is old news. What's it called? What's the new one? Flip flop. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> so, okay, off the top of your head, how many items of trivia do you think we're talking here uh, in this book? I probably like. I don't know. Definitely, I definitely like lost count at a thousand because I was like, I need to make that number for my own to be like, this is worth the money. But then I, yeah, I don't know what happened. But I do have a good flip flop fact. <laughs> Ooh, let's if hear you it. Get, if, if, you pre- it. <laughs> if you pre-order the book, you get extra content. So I did one that's like trivia for bros. Um, and flip flops are over four thousand years old. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And they are pretty like simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I am sort of shocked. Anyway. Yeah, four thousand years. I mean, you know, ancient Greece and stuff. Like all the old tablets that were drawn, like (laughs) like hammered into (laughs) the drawings. They all wore flip flops, right? Yeah, flip flops are Crocs, I think. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's an old school shoe. Like, how else are you going to make a shoe when you don't have the skills or the tools or the materials? Like, it's a thing on your foot, and you put something to strap it on i guess i would imagine that they'd be more like mine which are like fake plastic birkenstocks where it just goes over your foot once and then like i don't know flip-flops are a little more complicated there's an extra thing going on i don't know <laughs> now we're all just looking at my feet yeah, we're all yeah. we're all looking at each other's shoes right and now I need to so are flip-flops the oldest shoe good question I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> That's going to be in the next right. book. <laughs> That'll be in the sequel. Um, ice skates are almost as old as flip-flops, though. I didn't know that. They're really old. They're like 3,000 years old. Huh. I would imagine that these shoes would be the oldest shoes. And then what? Then what is a sock versus shoe? This is discussions we have in my house. Is that a, ho- is that a slipper? Or can I wear it to the bar? That's <laughs> just a sock? <laughs> no, I mean like a sock with like a semi-hard bottom. Can you wear it mm. to your corner bar? You can. <laughs> I mean, 
People might look at you weird. And you probably don't want to walk around at, ho- at home after you've been in the bar. That's with true. Ozone. And I would not want to go into a bar bathroom wearing my slippers. house slippers. Okay. All right. You're making very fair points. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm a germaphobe, so I don't wear any shoes in the house. Like, mm. I have a sign outside my door that Take says, um, well, actually, it says. What is my sign? It's say? the log lady from Twin Peaks, and it says, "My log says to take off yeah, your shoes." Yeah, my log says take off your shoes. That's funny. How was the process of writing your book? Did you think it was easier or harder to write a book? I think. I don't know. I think what was what shocked me the most is what I was saying about facts. Like, you, it's very hard to find a fact in the age of the internet, and I think it's like very related to everything that's going on in the news in you know like in these like extremely political fights that like it is really really hard to get to the bottom of something sometimes I would just like throw my hands up and email a professor or sometimes I would just like ask my husband to start googling something because I had gone to the edge of my brain on like how I could find it from reputable sources and he he's very good at it he was like able to do it but yeah to me that was like it was like really hard it's hard to research um yeah but you know, I and also I guess just like sometimes you're just like, okay, I have to hit because I did a certain number of facts every day and I don't remember mm. what it was. But like some days I'm just like, I can't think of one more thing to be interested <laughs> in, you know, and then you have pandemic brain, which is like you just have been staring at this wall for, you know, 300 years and you're like, I can't think of anything outside these walls. So I think that was both helpful and like good to get me out of my head, but also a little bit hard. But yeah, there's like really cool... um fact podcast like trivia podcast that i fell in love with um one is called curiosity daily i listen to them they're great right they're gonna be on my podcast really yep oh wonderful where what's your podcast oh we don't need to go into this but (laughs) quickly it's called the dictionary and i read the dictionary and every once in a while i'll have on guests we just i just talk and make jokes and stuff um he literally reads the dictionary it is awesome that's awesome so the the two hosts of their they're going to be on they're going to be on the episode for the word curiosity which won't air until june of 2022 i think oh my gosh you're that far in advance ahead or what uh no i I won't be recording it until closer to that time but I already know through the seas like how far that goes. Because each episode is like seven to ten minutes. He reads like 15, a quarter of a page. Oh my God. So it's going to take him like I think he estimated 16 like years. sixteen years to get through the whole dictionary. <laughs> but anyway, they're going to be on That's my awesome. podcast. And, and speaking of sea, they great. are from Chicago. Yes, they I know are. The one girl just moved to Asheville. Mm, yes, yes. But um, where I just went and did drugs and the <laughs> local newspaper uh, interviewed me about it. I was like, okay. Um, that is a different story. So other trivia podcasts? Uh, no Such Thing as a Fish. Uh, it's a British podcast of the Q- QI. QI is like their Jeopardy there. So like all the researchers for QI are very funny. And they have this podcast every Friday that's just like they go down weird rabbit holes of facts. It's all their favorite stuff that they learned that week. Those are my favorite two. There's some other ones that I like. The weirdest thing I learned this week. I listen to that uh, too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think maybe you would like fish if you yeah, yeah. Yeah, are into, yeah. So I, I either like, you know, obviously I'm pulling facts from sources, but also trying to go to like regular, I don't know, source material, but also aggregators like that. So yeah, you'll probably recognize a couple from uh, Weirdest Thing and Curiosity Daily. Yeah. When we get the book, because it's pre-ordered. We pre-ordered it. Oh, thanks guys. That's really nice. Absolutely. I can't yeah. wait. 
Um, do you have any recommendations for someone who's trying to become a first-time author? Oh, yeah. Um, it, just like TV writing, it's a, a stupid mess, but you got to just try a million times. I mean, honestly, like this one fell into my lap, but this only fell into my lap because this is a sort of a tangent, but related. Um in 2017, I almost got my dream job and I got like interviewed for it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a writer on The Daily Show. This is the best. And I made it through all these rounds and then I didn't get the job. And then I just like had a meltdown and I was like, what am I going to do? So then in 2018, I made it like a professional goal to get 100 professional rejections in a year. <laughs> and so I like wrote about it and I like, I started, started like putting it on social, like, hey, I got my 25 and this is what I'm doing. And people were like, yeah, yeah, I need that, <laughs> you know? And so it was like, it like fueled my fire. So I did, I ended up getting 107 rejections, but I think like, congrats. I, I was going to say, <laughs> congratulations. It can yeah. only make you like thicker skinned, right? Yeah. It got like, I just made me like try out for things that I, or put myself forward for like, writing opportunities and stand-up stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise because like I don't know I always thought I was too dumb to write for the New Yorker and like that year I made myself submit and they were like yeah sure we'll publish this and I was like what wow but also I had 107 rejections you know so it's like I think it's like it's definitely like that in the publishing world like you have to like submit oh here's a good fact that is related to both horror and publishing um (laughs) Stephen King's Carrie, which you guys were just talking about in your last episode, um, he threw that manuscript. This is back when things were printed on paper. He threw that manuscript in the garbage because it had been rejected from so many publishers. And his wife fished it out of the garbage and told him to submit it one more time. And that was the time that it was accepted. So if that is inspiring at all, I mean, I think, you know, you just have to hit the right the right place in the slush pile at the right time. Um, basically, you're gonna be looking for you're gonna be looking for an agent first. And I thought maybe I didn't need an agent, but even because I had gone directly, to, been talking directly to the publisher, but um, my agent doubled what I got. Um, yeah, they were gonna really, I mean, love them to death. They're trying to save money. Like they weren't gonna pay me what I needed to be paid to do proper research. Um, so yeah, the agent did an awesome job. But so that's who you want to go for if you don't have a deal already. Like, look for agents, look them up online, pay for whatever you know fifteen dollars service you have to do, sign up for for one month, and then print them all out and then email them. Um, but yeah, you have to like cold email and cold email your manuscript. You have to have at least three chapters written, preferably the whole thing. And then it's just like uh, if you have connections, like definitely use them. If you don't, that's totally fine. People. My friend got a six-figure book deal, and she did not use any of her connections, and she just sent it off to agents, and one of them loved it, and she got a six-figure book deal, and it, her, her, it was a teen novel, and it's great. Wow. Yeah. That um, is great. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is not what I made from my book, but <laughs> I am very happy for my friend. Yeah, but no, that's all very helpful. Like, I wouldn't have thought to get an agent. You would just think, like, go to the publisher, go to the publisher, right. you know, but okay, I didn't even realize that they had agents for just authors literature yeah yeah Yeah. and they are mike's i I only have the one that i have it's been my only one she's super nice she's a person that i would want to get coffee or drunk with but she has two young twins so we'll say coffee uh she's wonderful (laughs) so okay given everything that's happening in the world but also what you've just accomplished how's your stress level Especially given that you're about to hopefully become, you know, a very successful author. Oh, gosh. You know, nothing is 
I, I'm I'm always stressed out, but I feel like you guys get that, right? Like, oh, you, I do, like, for yeah. sure. It doesn't matter, like, what you're... I just am always stressed out. But, like, yeah, I mean, I hope that... I hope that people like the book. I'm stressed out about the book because it's like, I hope people like it. I hope people don't get mad at it. I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's the, it's the internet. Like, I just don't... I don't... Uh. Don't yeah. read reviews. I know. I, dude, <laughs> it's not even out yet and it already has one bad review. I'm like, how? How? What? Yeah. But I was going to ask the same question. How exactly? I'll let you read the hate email that we got after we record this and then maybe that'll make you feel better. About I mean, it. but it also <laughs> means that you're doing stuff that people are listening to. So that is well, so important. But also, yeah. It was more about our political views than like the actual podcast. But the fact that like someone like you'll read it. Okay. <laughs> Oh we were gosh. like, we've made it. We got hate I know. emails. Yeah, I was like, totally, though. I was so like, oh. But then I'm like, okay, I guess that means we made it. Um, yeah. You guys, thank you for letting me talk about this book when we're normally talking about ghosts and no. stuff. No, 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 no. We'll get to well, ghosts. Yeah, we're going to yeah, get to no. the ghosts. <laughs> we got ghosts coming up. Um, so tell everyone again, when's the book coming out? Yes. How can you pre-order it? Um, so the book is called One Day Smarter. My name is Emily Winter. You can pre-order it wherever you get your books. Um, so basically, definitely Amazon. Um, that's fine. And that is where I still, you know, buy a lot of things. So when it comes to local bookstores, I've been doing, we just were talking about this, but I've been, um, a few people have been like, oh, my local didn't have it yet or doesn't have it on pre-order yet. But then a lot of local bookstores have. So you can ask your local bookstore if you are good like that, uh, to get a pre-order for One Day Smarter. Um, and pre-orders, I never knew about this. Pre-orders are important because the number of pre-orders on a book determines how, like, how many a bookstore orders and where they will place it. So a book that has no pre-orders will get put... You, you ever, like, look at those books on the bottom shelf and you're like, oh, you didn't stand a chance, man. Those books had no pre-orders. I didn't know about this. Like, how does your book get put on the table? You're either already famous or you got a lot of pre-orders. So... Pre-order is good. Get it. (laughs) Get you know if you got the energy and the time. That makes me happy. Well, as always, we'll put the link in our show notes uh, so that all of you listening can pre-order your copy because you don't want to be the only loser without a copy of the book, especially once they sell out. So we'll make sure people get that info. I'll send you the Penguin Random House link, which is what they recommend. Okay, so I'll just send you that, and then yeah, if you want to, we'll use that. So you also mentioned that you're writing on a TV show and you posted on your uh, Instagram page and probably other places, but I'm only on Instagram, um, but it's a Nickelodeon show. It's a kid's show. It's a kid's show. And you can't talk about being allergic. Well, you can't talk about being allergic. Um, yeah, it's called That Girl Lele and it comes out in September. And Lele is a rapper. She was like the youngest rapper to ever be signed on a major label when she was 11. And she is so funny. Um and so this ridiculous show, I mean, it's like it's like a ridiculous premise, but I love it. It's like kind of magical. She is very like confident and um, she pops out of she's an avatar on a phone of a shy, a shy teenager. And she pops out of her phone and becomes real. And they, you know, she like stays with them, like their family and their family doesn't know that she's an avatar. They think she's like studying like an exchange student from Texas or something. Um, That's like every 14-year-old boy's dream. I think you just described that. 
Yeah, they're so cute. The kids are like so sweet and funny and professional in a way that I'm just like these 14 year old girls. I'm like, where where'd you get your clothes? What can I? I'm just sweating talking to them. Like they're so great and lovely. Um, so yeah, so I get to write jokes for that, and it is fun. And we just wrapped our first season, so that'll uh, hopefully we'll get a second season and start that in December. Congrats on that. Um, Also, here comes the horror. Uh, Last time we interviewed you, you also mentioned that you and your husband were working on a horror movie script that you were inspired to write after getting married. And I'm loosely summarizing here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the idea was for a wedding horror slasher film and... Tell us a little bit more about that, and where are you in the creative process of this? So we finished our script for our first one-year anniversary, which is paper, and we were like, Aww. oh, we're so cute. <laughs> yeah, well, now we're past the two-year. Where's the movie? Um, <laughs> but then, like, then we, like, worked on it, workshopped it a little bit, and then I sent it to my manager for, like, my like comedy manager and he never responded so I was like oh no this must be the worst script ever written and then I met him in person because of COVID I couldn't meet him in person so I he finally was able to come to New York I met him in person I was like so like three beers in I was like so (laughs) (sighs) script you remember that and he's like oh I don't I don't remember that email at all so I was like okay so then he finally has read it, and thank God he likes it. And I was like, okay, so now what he's doing? Another just like boring in like here's what's happening on the on the boring side of all. Like he's trying to basically like put together because I'm not famous and my husband is not famous. So like yet, hopefully one day, you know, whatever. Um, it's just we're racing the clock. We're gonna die someday. Let's. <laughs> I don't even want to be famous. I just want. I just want to like have a nice, comfortable life, and be more successful than everyone who has wronged me. That's it. Uh, (laughs) Is that too much to ask? Is it too much to ask? (laughs) And a hot tub. I think last time you said you want a hot tub. I want a hot tub so bad. Um, So, yeah. So, anyway, he's trying to package it, which means, like, he puts together a director um, who would be interested in it and, uh, like, working on it and maybe a couple actors that um, maybe have, like, a few TV credits or something but haven't done, like, a movie yet. So just a little bit more... um, I don't know, people with a little bit more, what's the word, star power, Cre- or credibility. credibility, star power, experience, all of these words, yeah, <laughs> so that's the plan, so he's working on that now, and I would love if, if we got to make a movie, because that would be so fun, but yeah, it's a slasher about when my husband and I were driving off, um, it was like a, a wedding up in the mountains, in like the Catskill Mountains in New York, and it was a whole weekend, and it was like everyone stayed in cabins. We were like driving away from our wedding, and we were like, this would make the best slasher movie. <laughs> so we wrote it, and it's funny. He's a comedian. Um, we wrote it, and I, I love it still, and I hope that it, we get to make it, because apparently horror movies are very cheap to make, but horror mm. comedies, I found out, do not do well overseas. Um, so there's no international market, but because it could be so cheap to make, um, it might be worth it for someone. So that's what I learned about Ooh. horror and making, trying to get a horror movie made. Well, I'd love to read it if not, if not You're see it to because read it. that sounds so awesome. It is a, it is a quick ninety pages. It is boom, 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 boom. Like it's just like murder, murder, murder. Let's go. <laughs> Best horror movies. Keep it concise. Keep the action going. I like it. So let's talk about comedians with ghost stories, Yay. which we talk about a lot on our show. Sharon and I kind of realized. Um, so you finished season three. 
Do you know when season four is going to come out yet? Yes. So the Wednesday after Labor Day, which is oh coming up. This, like, oh, sweet. The it's 8th? very close. September 8th, I think. Yes. September 8th. Good job. I Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I got to get it started because I know people are going to get... I'm sure you'll know it too. Like this, like the numbers are going to go way up for podcast listeners. Like during the fall, like people get real pumped about like horror stuff. So it's time. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you're doing another season. First I of all, am too. I was just like, yeah. I, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. I keep going. It's <laughs> hard. Sure. It's hard, and it's bad to stop. Like it's like what you guys do, where you keep going, is is much better for numbers than what I've been doing. But I'm also just like I am. One man, I can't do anything, you know. Yeah. You just—it's not good for our mental health, though. No, it's there, really. There's not. sometimes where I'm like, we should probably take a break for a couple weeks, but I'm—I don't know. We'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> um, so, do you have any memorable paranormal stories from one of your past guests that like stuck with you for whatever reason that you'd like to share or to give our listeners a taste of like what they can expect from sure i know show? who i'm whose story i'm putting out first for sure um this woman mk doherty uh she's a comedian obviously and she has had the same ghost all her life and it's her grandmother and her grandmother has followed her around the world and she has had many people she's had like a lot of paranormal experiences but she's also had like many spiritual people like say oh who's who's that is that your that's my grandma there she is always behind her um wow for her whole life and it's just like she's got a million like um i'm getting chills but like she's got a million examples but i just think it's so cool when you have something that like sticks with you for a long time and also is like meaningful to you um yeah wow that's awesome I'm, i'm pumped about that yeah also i'm trying to think there was a oh there was a guy that worked on uh, Mike Brody. He worked on the Ghost Hunters show. Yes, I heard. I listened to the past episodes. Oh my gosh, that was from last season. You guys had a great episode. Well, that I was am. awesome. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I love your episode. I love Mike Brody's. That was crazy. There was another good Chicago one about Clarendon Hills. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there is that one. But there was another one that stuck out to me where I think someone was in like the Ravenswood area. Yes, and yes. they rented that apartment because it was really cheap, and then they found out why. It was really cheap because it was haunted as fuck. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So that. Um, oh, this is going to drive me crazy. Who was that? Anyway. Um, but yeah, the Haunted Ravenswood one is awesome. And like my sister's partner who I was talking about worked on the Candyman movie doing like for manual cinema. I was like, that would make a great manual cinema like puppet, like scary yeah. puppet show. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the Chicago people have really been turning them out for sure. Yeah. A lot of haunted Chicago. I love it. Um, so you mentioned that it's been a very long time since you've done stand-up, but I think you just posted recently you did. Was it like a benefit show? It was just a, no, it wasn't. It was just, um, the, I just did stand-up like, yeah, like a week ago or a week and a half or something, and it was just a good show. It was just a really good show. And of course, it's two like wonderful women who put it on, and they just like really pack out like a big theater in Brooklyn, and it was nice. I miss it so much. I'm trying to... But it's hard because it's like, you know, with everything. And I think when it comes to making movies and making horror movies, like how making TV, like how how hard do you go into it? Right. Like, how do I go super hardcore now that I'm not working on my TV show for a while? Because or, or is everything about to get shut down in October or November mm-hmm. again? It's so weird. Um, yeah. Is it like riding a bike? 
where like once you get up on stage, it was like, oh, yeah, I know how this goes. Yeah. Like the I've done a couple good shows that felt like that. But then I did one show where all the boys I, I went last and all it was all these guys and they were kind of tanking. And I was like, oh, maybe it was just like not very funny. And then I was like, I'm going to show them. And then I went up there and then also ate it. And so <laughs> I was like, oh, right. There's that. There's the there's like the shows where like. I was like, I'm going to do my best, best, best jokes now because, like, nothing is working and I know I need this for my self-esteem because it's not like I have another show later tonight and one tomorrow. It's like nothing, nothing. My best jokes were not working. I could smell myself, you know, like those <laughs> jokes. Like, so it's, it's you know, it's, there's always going to be bad shows, I guess. I was just sad that I couldn't show up the boys. That's when you blame the audience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I just don't... I, I try not to do that on stage, but afterward, I'm like, well, they... They they sucked. They were yeah. It wasn't me at all. I it also though, if it's just like negative energy, like going down, 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 mm-hmm. it just like pulls the whole energy of the room down. So you can also blame the guys. I'll blame the guys. It's a combination, you know. The audience sucked. The guys <laughs> didn't help. Um. Oh, <laughs> I just looked at this and saw saw this phrase. Um. So before we get on to our lightning round, when we talked to you previously, you told us how you and your writing partner were writing a pilot titled Hard Dead Nazi Dick (laughs) that you were really excited about. And not going to lie, Mindy and I were pretty excited, too. Um, For those who don't remember or didn't hear that discussion, refresh our memories on what this show is about and where are you with this project? So this project is like the one that got us it's actually like got us our management and um I don't think I don't I mean gosh I hope I'm wrong I don't think we're gonna sell hard dead Nazi dick unfortunately yeah it's about well it's about these I I I think the title can be a real turnoff or but it's also the thing that gets people to read it so it's kind of a double-edged sword but it's about um these real sisters in Holland um Freddie and what is it, like Freddie and Franny or Freddie and any their real names like Overstegen. Um, we changed their names for this, but they were real sisters in Holland during World War II who seduced and murdered Nazis themselves, and they were very cool. Um, yeah, they were like teenagers uh, when they did this, and so we wrote a like sort of a very dark comedy about them as a pilot. Uh, yeah. And we are just like so inspired by them. Um, so that has been done for a while and it can sometimes like, I think it's, 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 you know, it, like it helps us find management, which like I was, when I was talking about it, like an agent management is important for, you know, writing and comedy world. Um, but beyond that, I don't know if it will ever be made. It needs, it needs to be made. Give it to Taika Waititi. Because he makes Nazi stuff very funny and entertaining. If I could get into it, yeah. Well, we are interviewing uh, Karen O'Leary in September, who stars on Wellington Paranormal, which is Ah, written by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. So maybe I'll... uh, See if just I can. like, oh, it spilled out of my bra. This whole 35-page <laughs> script just fell out. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like a really amazing show. It I, does. I, yeah, that, Don't give up on it. Yeah, no, seriously. that I would watch that and everybody else would be into that. Hardcore. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I hope, I, I love it. I'm like so inspired by these women and like everything we've read about them and then the characters that we've like based off them that I just like, I want to see. Like there's like, 
there's like the pretty sister who's like really good at seducing and then there's the kind of like badass one with like a scar on her cheek and I just oh I want to see her so bad you know it's like when we were 14 we were having lip sync contests in our friend's basement to like man on the moon by REM (laughs) that was what we were doing right can you imagine like seducing Nazis and killing them like yeah, I, don't I, I need to see this. I would have just like the whole idea of being 14 and seeing a dick would have already just been like, <laughs> listen, forget World War II. I'm out. I'm terrified. Like, I know I will see one of these eventually, but I definitely don't know what to do with it. <laughs> when I was like 15, my best friend who didn't even know what to do, she was just like, hold it like a hot dog and everything will be all right. And then I did that. And we sat there for like three hours and nothing happened. Uh, I, I was like, I don't know. Are we done? Uh, okay. <laughs> Worst handjob ever. <laughs> All right, should we move on to the lightning round? Let's do it. All right, I think we're going to, so no pressure. Mm. Just, you know, you know how this goes. First question What do you like most about trivia? Is it the competition, as in seeing how badly you can stump your opponent? Or are you more of like a facts and tidbits of knowledge kind of gal? Oh, Oh, it's all about the competition. I lose every day at Jeopardy to my husband, and every day I go in thinking I'm going to beat him. Every single day. Yeah. And to be fair, we've partnered on our trivia. And, and I, I really was not good to you. No. And do you see all the swear words I'm putting back in my mouth right now? I, I was a bad partner for you. I would partner up with you any day. Thank you. <laughs> it was just unfair because she's never beaten me at horror movie trivia. It was like, <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. And that wonderful <laughs> podcast host that you had with you, oh, I felt like she was... Allison? Uh, I felt like she was real smart. You know, you didn't get you didn't get lucky either, so... <laughs> All right, maybe we'll, we'll, we should switch next time. Oh, that'd we, be fun. If we do trivia. Rematch! It'll be me and well, Emily you, against you and Allison. I don't know if you'd have a lot of fun being partnered with Sharon and Emily. <laughs> We're both super competitive, it sounds like. I am uh, incredibly competitive. She, I like to just have fun and maybe get out a few jokes during trivia. That's my, my idea of success, where she's like, I will slaughter all of you. <laughs> so this is why we're not good at trivia together, because I'm not looking to win, and she is like ready to wipe the floor. I mean, you're the one that you want to take to like bar trivia night, because you're yeah. the one that will win the $100 bar tab. And I'm the one that will drink that $100 bar tab that you want. Oh, no, she'll drink it, too. Yeah, okay, good. Very good. (laughs) All right. Um, What is your favorite book besides One Day Smarter? Oh, wow. Okay, I just, I don't know what my favorite book is. I'm, like, a real big Nick Hornby head. Mm. I, like, I just find him, like, breezy and charming and funny and smart and, like, I don't know, you feel like you've read Philosophy Light whenever you read a Nick Hornby <laughs> book. But um, I just read this, well, no, okay, let's be real. I audiobooked it. I'm going to look it up. This one that was, like, life-changing, but I'm also, like, at a point in my life where I have to decide. Um, I'm having I'm having my ovaries out. I have to decide if I'm having kids now. And so I happened upon the most amazing novel, um, and it is called The Push, and it's by Ashley Audrain. Um, and you don't have to be in my particular place in life to have it, but it just it just was like awesome and creepy and uh, about uh you know creepy in a not uh like ghosty way but i did just read also a very good ghost novel or not ghost novel vampire novel called the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires and that i would recommend as good scary fun Ooh, okay so there are some answers but i don't have a 
definitive. Okay. I actually, no, actually, I believe my old roommate has it in her possession, who was also on our show, Katie Rich, who's also a a comedy writer. But I have or we have an autographed Nick Hornby book <gasps> that he, he wrote to both of us. Oh, my gosh. And, but he spelled my, na- my name Melinda, M-E-L-Y-N-D-A, and I was like, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, <laughs> that's how I spell my name now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so where did you meet him? I didn't. Actually, a friend of ours was at a book signing and surprised us. Yeah. So who has the book? Katie has it. Oh, Katie's and do you know which book it is? Off the, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's not about a boy, but it was like after one that came out. Long after way down. That. I feel like that's that time. Slam is one of my favorites, and it's the YA one. It's about a 15 year old who gets a kid pregnant. Um, I'll think of but it he like does write two. women really well. I've never read a Nick Hornby book. Yeah, he High Fidelity is oh, actually his book. I was in the movie, but I. <laughs> you were in the movie. I was an extra. <gasps> If you don't, if you don't blink at the very end scene when they're like panning across the bar yeah. when he's DJing, you can see me dancing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you don't know how many times I watched that in college, like every week. Like that's so cool. Oh my god, it was awesome. It was like I got to spend two days with like John Cusack right there, and I was just like, oh. <sighs> yeah, it was it was an experience. Oh, and fucking Jack Black was yeah. performing for like two days and this was before anyone knew who Jack Black was well so us, it was like Mr. Show fans knew who Jack Black was I mean like oh right when you were on set well, yes, yeah we were right. on set it was like before he was like oh huge God. so it was like you knew him from Tenacious D you didn't know him as like the A-list actor you know it was like oh that's the guy from Tenacious D and also um he was in that one movie where he played like the um he was in a horror movie we talked about this before. What the fuck was it? Yeah, what was it? It was like, I know what you, I still know what you did last yes, summer. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it was wow. one of those sequels. Or something like that. Yep. <laughs> I've only, I only saw him on Mr. Show, the original Mr. Show back in the day, and it was full on range with him. He was singing, he was acting like awesome. Oh, sure. That's why he blew up, man. Um, all right, well, back to horror. What is the best horror movie that you've seen recently? Um, I just watched The Conjuring 3. <laughs> that can't be your answer. I love, okay, I love The Conjuring. I love all The Conjurings. I love little Annabelle. I love everything. I had a blast watching it. And I heard so many people hated it. Um, maybe including you guys or you, I don't, but um It was definitely the weakest of the three. I just felt like it was a good, it was good fun. I just, I love those two. So like I would yes. watch them do anything and yeah. I think that they're so sweet. And um, yeah, I just, I was like going, I think also I went into it like reading a couple bad reviews or something and just being like, well, it's still the pandemic and you can't also party every night. So we're watching a movie. And then <laughs> I was like, whoa, I'm having fun, you know, so um yeah that that's been the one that I I I also like what have I watched lately there hasn't been that much new that's out I'm pumped for Candyman but um right and I haven't been watching old stuff I don't know I think that has to be it am I missing any really new ones that I mean there's a ton of new ones but they're not all like super popular okay um I mean there's a new spiral movie okay from the book of saw with um Chris Rock Quiet Place 2 um, oh right! I, I haven't watched that yet. I don't want to. We watched it. It's actually I liked it. 
Did it's you good. like it? Mm-hmm. I, the first one, I did. I, no, I, this I one's wasn't not expecting sad. it, and I cried so hard I mm. got the hiccups. This like, one's okay. not sad at all. Okay, well then yeah. maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, that's it's the actually thing. a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about my comedy show. It's a quiet place. Uh, <laughs> too quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I found the first one too. I mean, it was well done. You know, but I was like, I was sad, oh. and I was like. Also, sometimes I get the ch- the chatties when I'm watching movies, and so it's not a good movie to be chatting. No, it's like you, yeah, <laughs> you really ruin the whole so movie. Quiet. Yeah, it's very quiet. Um, yeah, but there's like a there's a bunch of good ones on Shutter that just came out, right. and like okay. some on Netflix and stuff. But yeah, like nothing like honestly, there's been like a handful of like really good ones this year. But what's your favorite this year? I know my answer. Well, what is it? Well, it's torn between Saint Maud. Okay, Which I thought was really brilliant, good. and I'm gonna blank on it. I'm glad we're not live. I like Psycho Gorman. Uh, like, I didn't watch that. What's the oh, one you need oh, to watch? Hunter? That I blame society. Oh, I didn't watch right? that either. I'm Isn't pretty that sure I watched called? Same Mod, but... I hated that movie. I loved my friends in it, and a friend the of the movie. Of Peter Dinklage. No. I blame society. No, no. Oh, Saint Maud. I did watch that. That was really good. Fucking good. That right? was really good. But I really liked I bl- that. Which one's I Blame Society? It's I've the seen one like about the woman writer who it it's a it's act it's an act yeah, yeah, yeah. subversion no. of the genre. Like there's been a lot of talk about subverting the horror genre, I feel like, over the past year, and this actually does it. Yeah, I think I remember really liking that. Wait, Where, well, can I see a who's in it? My Fred Megan's in it. <laughs> For like five seconds. It's about I don't want to say I what don't it's know about. Who that is. I'm, oh yeah, I'm yeah. Watch this. It's really saw, good. And I'm as a, a screenshot, as a writer, I think you might like enjoy it because it, it's a bit of a metaphory kind of movie. But it's really fucking good, and it's made by uh, well, um, it's co-written by a man and a woman, but it's a, a female. Spencer it's liked right. it more than me, but I thought it was unique. It was, yeah. it's definitely original. Yeah, I think you'll like it. What was one. the other one that you said? Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. That one I've not watched. That one's really fun. It's like Toxic Avenger meets like Power Rangers. Oh my gosh. Meets like the Goonies. This is some, see, just based on the thing alone, this is like based on the art alone. <laughs> I would be like, I would walk in and my, my brother in law lives in the apartment below us. So I would see them watching it and be like, bye. And they're like, I would see it come up and I'd be like, I'm not watching this. But if you say, if, if a woman says it's good, I'm going to watch it's, it. It's so funny. And the little girl that stars in it, it's basically like a little girl who makes like this alien monster creature be like her slave oh yeah love it it's it's a full-on comedy it's a full-on comedy okay yeah Yeah, it's really good great great cool i think it's on it's free now somewhere hulu maybe it was on shutter i don't know oh maybe it's on shutter yeah it's on somewhere for free um can i change mine to saint maud because i like that yes all right and then i'll put conjuring three at number two I, we literally Done. only watched Conjuring 3 because of Patrick Wilson and I mean, Vera Farmiga. Yeah. Like, mostly Patrick Wilson. Mostly Patrick Wilson. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? It was like a procedural. It was like a almost like a pl- police procedural p- procedural with them in it. And uh-huh. I and I really like didn't mind it, but yeah. it's not it's not a horror movie in the way that the other ones were or in what we've come to expect. It was just a police procedural that's how the new spiral is and i think that's why people hated it because it's not like the other saw movies but i love police procedurals so yeah, i'm so like do- it's great and it has chris rock doing like his bits like it's, great yeah i don't know 
Don't look at me. I haven't seen it. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> I right. fell off the Saw movies because oh, for sure. because of an ex. Because I associate all of that particular torture with an ex lover. <laughs> you know, um, we saw them every year together and then broke up. So well, Jigsaw's not even in this one. So okay. maybe you'll maybe I could do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. What question are we on? So we got the horror movie. Uh, what are you looking forward to doing most when and if the pandemic <laughs> finally ends and things go back to normal and we are just for argument's sake, going to pretend that it will. Okay. Yeah. I never got to take my honeymoon. It got canceled because <gasps> of COVID. So I want to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where are we going to go? go to Italy. We had everything planned. And then it was so funny because it was, you remember, it was like really bad in Italy before it was bad here. Mm-hmm. And we were like messaging people on Airbnb. We had like all these places on the Amalfi Coast that we were going to stay. And they were like, just come. It's not really that bad. And then by April, it was like, no. It was like end of April, early May. It was like, so we got almost all our money back, um, which we then used on a nice couch. Since oh. that's where we spend all of our time over the last whatever. Smart. Yeah, I would like to go on my honeymoon. All right, everyone, get vaccinated so Emily can go on her yeah. fucking honeymoon. Seriously? Cool. Oh my god. Okay, so what do you miss most about Chicago? Oh, good question. I'm. I mean, I'm a White Sox fan. Okay, well, great. You're South. Are you a Cubs? I, my my whole family's uh, White Sox fans. Okay, yeah. Great. I'm a Southsider, but my whole family is Cubs, Cubs fans, fans, and so am I. Sorry. Um, that's okay. I I know that they're not the cool team, but they've been my team forever, and I love them, and I miss them, and I've never felt um like the Mets or the Yankees have any like pull uh for me, so I don't get to keep up with the White Sox. And I would love to do that. And where do they play? At Sox Park. White Sox? Comi- I was going to say... Oh, I going to say Comiskey? No, I was just going to say... I always just say Sox Park because it's okay. like, it was what? It was like U.S. Cellular. Yeah. 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 But first, like the original original was, was Comiskey. Comiskey right? And it's like always for me, it's like... It's Comiskey. Comiskey. <laughs> it's always Comiskey. Like Sears Tower. Fuck yep. Willis Tower. It's always that. It's what the Sears Tower. What is Sox Park called now? This is not US Cellular anymore, I is thought it? it w- I don't know. Is it still? Or there's something in between Comiskey and what it is now. Like a US different- Bank, Google, Amazon, yeah. Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> Part, I don't know. But yes, as a child, I as a as a softball playing child, I definitely rubbed my butt on the old uh Comiskey <laughs> home plate for good luck when they rebuilt. Nice. Aww. Guaranteed rate field. Guaranteed rate field. Oh, oh come on, really? Yep. You mean Comiskey or Sox Park, yes. Sox Park. That's yeah, it. Either That's way. It. That's so lame. All right, this is the toughest question. Oh, no. Both for Chicago and New York, you're sort of representing here. Okay. You ready? Huh? Chicago pizza or New York pizza? Oh, Chicago. In a heartbeat. Woo-woo! Yeah. I uh, love New York right. pizza, but, like, also, like... What I love about my favorite thing about New York pizza, and there is pizza that I love. And my friend visiting from LA last week, we did go get like really good pizza in New York, and it was delicious. But my favorite thing about New York pizza is the I'm like, can you? I'm like spitting now as I talk now. Uh, <laughs> is the accessibility of it? Just like one of my favorite things about New York is just like being in Manhattan, walking from one comedy show to another comedy show, realizing you have a hunger pain, and just there is definitely a pizza place on your block. Is the pizza really good? No. Does it fold in your hand and then go right into your mouth? Yes. And it is one dollar, <laughs> and it is a glorious feeling. But I am a deep dish lady. Yeah, you can't do that with a deep dish. No. You need a knife and a fork. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I love I love and miss it, and so it's special to me now because I can't have it all the time. Mm-hmm. So, favorite Chicago pizza place? 
Um, so I grew up on Giordano's, so that's, I think, my place because that's what tastes like my childhood. And it wasn't until I was, like, in my 20s that I had Lou Malnati's, which I also love. Um, but I think, like, Giordano's is the one that, like, tastes like being a kid. Aw. What about beggars? I've never had beggars. I've never had what? beggars. What? There are a lot of beggars on the south side. Oh, my right? God. There's so many beggars on the south side. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what it was either because I think it's only on the south side. It yeah. is. Oh, right. you, we got you a beggar's pizza like once when we first started dating before yeah. we both went vegan. That was, I think, like your only beggar's yeah. experience. But um, well, now that you're home, you're going to have to get try it. beggar's before you go back week. to New York. Yeah, that sounds great. And again, we're talking about beggar's pizza, not beggar's like as in people that are begging. <laughs> are you talking about, I'm sitting again, oh my God. Uh, are you talking about, do they have deep dish or do they yes. Oh, they're deep, deep dishes. Dish? Oh, I did it's, not know this. It's better than Giordano's. <gasps> wow. A did lot better this. than Giordano's. What the heck? I had no idea. <laughs> and I recommend going to, if it's still open, the Blue Island one okay. on the corner of, I think it's Pulaski and like 127th. That's not that far from mm-hmm. where I where I'm staying. Yeah, great. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's true. You should go pick some on the way home to. Yeah, more pizza. <laughs> right. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Well, thank you, Emily. Thank you. That's it. You passed the lightning round. You thank did it. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast, listeners. I'm sorry I didn't say enough scary stuff. Uh, <laughs> Quick, get do, one in. Do you know that you lose seven pounds of skin per year? That's thing. That's, that's that's scary. That's terrifying, right? <laughs> and most of it ends up on your pillow and in your mouth and your yeah, your floor. And we could write a horror movie about all of the people sitting in this room that are just old dead skin. They all come together, and we're just breathing them in. We're breathing we're them in. Breathing in dead people's skin constantly. Well, we're not dead yet. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to talk about promote uh if you want to remind people once again where they can get your book and where can people find you on the interwebs oh thank you uh yes my instagram and twitter handle is emily mc winter i'm sorry it's not my name it's my middle name is mckenna i'm very sorry emily mcwinter is how you find me on instagram and twitter um i'm just a lurker creeper on tiktok just watching all the funny dogs fall down um but not get hurt um the book is one day smarter you can get it wherever you get your books pre-ordering wherever you pre-order your books to help authors that you don't hate uh that's it (laughs) thank you (laughs) sorry all right well thank you all for listening to us thank you again to emily please write to us at horse talk at gmail.com you can also write to us with any episode ideas recommendations on what to watch or read ghost stories true crime stories creepy stories whatever you want us to read or talk about on the show Please subscribe to us, rate and review us, because it really does help us get more exposure. If you are able in these trying times, they're not trying. They are trying. (laughs) Uh, Please join our Patreon. Uh, You can get early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, maybe even get some cool shit in the mail. Uh, Most of all, please be kind to each other. Be safe out there. And as always, do what? Let Emily, you want to say this with us? Thanks for getting creepy with us. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. And as always, thanks for getting creepy with us.
Sharon, you want a beer? Uh, oh, my God.